Today's podcast is brought to you by the new HBO series, Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons. The new show will feature intimate conversations with compelling guests from the worlds of pop culture, sports, entertainment, the arts, and technology. Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons will also include field segments and Simmons' signature commentary on current events. Make sure to watch Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons, premiering Wednesday, June 22nd at 10 p.m. on HBO. We're also brought to you by our new website, TheRinger.com, presented by Miller Lite. Go now and check out the latest in pop culture, sports, and tech at TheRinger.com. And last but not least, we wanted to mention today's episode of The Ringer Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and and music tickets. Other sites have gone back to the same old tactic of showing you a lower price and then charging huge fees at checkout, but at SeatGeek, the price you see is always the price you pay. With SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly how much you're paying, where you're sitting, and whether or not you're getting a good deal, all right from your phone. So drop your old site and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Welcome to the still unnamed Ringer Wrestling Podcast. Actually, someone someone tweeted me, if, if it's going to be unnamed, we should just call it the vacant title because that's the greatest pun of all time. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, into it. Anyway, we uh, I'm here. I'm sitting here in uh, the lavish offices of uh, Bill Simmons with the one of the people that people that people have demanded be on my new podcast on a fairly regular basis. My buddy Blake. Hey, what's going on? And uh, friend friend of the Ringer, former Grantland staffer, and and Cheap Heat. Uh, special guest. No, at least once. no one asked for me to be on this show. I'm so sorry. I asked for you to be on this show. This is Dave Schilling, Hello. everybody from the Guardian. What's In fairness, up? I think one person asked for me to be on the show, and it was it was Shoemaker, and that's it. So uh, what, right before they to- right before they I had to do that introduction, Dave was telling me that wait, what is the story with Seamus? Oh, Seamus wants to be Venom in the Marvel universe. Oh, he wants so to not, play the character of Venom. Okay. What, what were you thinking I meant? Well, I grew up watching Jerry the King Lawler and Memphis Wrestling, and they actually had fake Spider-Man on that show, as well as like fake Ninja Turtles and some like monster movie monster. Jason, there was at least two Jasons. <laughs> yeah, he's not trying to make Venom his character on WWE, which I don't think would get over very well. No, just and gonna I, throw that out there. That's a bad idea. And I think Finn idea. Balor already sort of has the 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 dibs on that. <laughs> a little bit. You're right. Yeah. Um. So is there a chance that Sheamus is going to be this? Going to be? I'll read this. Venom? This is on Bleacher or it's on it's on Uproxx. Um, I want to be a part of the Marvel universe. Sheamus said, "I am a big fan of the Marvel comics and The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, but I would love to be a part of the Marvel <laughs> universe." No offense to Topher Grace, but he just didn't look like Eddie Brock. He looked like Eddie Brock what? had been on a hunger strike Is for a really few weeks. Is he really name-checking Eddie Brock? <laughs> yeah. He knows about comics. Wow, it's great. that's great. I thought, like, the first part of that sounded like he, when he just got a microphone from his face for the first time from, like, a real outlet, and he was like, I'm a big fan of, and then reads the top ten television shows off a piece of paper. Yeah. How, how much does Seamus think that he looks like a rogue newspaper reporter, Eddie Brock? Uh, well, he does have the, the Pageboy hat. He does have that hat and that sweet the vest he always wears. Thing, yeah. I don't, yeah, this seems like a very terrible idea, and I think he's just hoping to get another <laughs> acting job before his career <laughs> before is over. Before the shine wears off. All right, just speaking of terrible ideas, the biggest thing in pro wrestling history happened this week, and we're talking about Seamus playing a comic book character. <laughs> um, 
with the biggest thing in pro wrestling that could possibly have happened has nothing to do with pro wrestling, and that is that Brock Lesnar has announced that he's going to be fighting at UFC 200 um, against Mark Hunt. Now that's the official thing that was he was announced on SportsCenter the other day. Uh, we will get to Raw, Monday Night Raw. We will get to the, the impending brands put later on. But up front, I mean, like, how crazy is this that that uh, that Brock Lesnar is now a, a two-sport competitor? Well, the part that I don't understand is I thought he had diverticulitis and he couldn't fight anymore. Right. So did that just magically go away? Or is yeah, he I thought if somebody it? punched him in the stomach, he would he would die or something He'd like that. He'd diarrhea all over the octagon. He'd die and diarrhea. Yeah. I don't know that that's necessarily like a disqualification, but <laughs> the I think that it's just a matter of him being much clo- much more stricken with it when he fought Alistair Overeem. That he was just like he had he had a long he had a long healing process ahead of him, and now he feels fully healed. Right. I mean, but I I thought part of it. I mean, I, maybe I just don't know. But didn't they take out like a large portion of his stomach and sure. that in real fighting? Not that not that the WWE isn't real because it is. But if it if it wasn't real, I mean, that isn't that. I'm just thinking, I, mean, I have good. no idea. I'm not a, do- well, I used to be a doctor, but, uh, you know, I left all that that life behind me. The, no, but I mean, I feel like if you got like a kidney transplant, they would tell you to not play football for two years, you know, but then maybe you could make a comeback. Sure. This is a limited comeback though, right? This is only, this one is a, fight. Oh, no, one he's, fight. Well, he specifically said he's, they, uh, who, who interviewed him on ESPN? I don't want to get uh, it he wrong. He was on sports. Yeah, oh, yeah he was on sports was center it, in the morning. Yeah, but anyway, she asked him, um, uh, it, "What what happens if you won?" And he said, "Oh, I'm going to win, but I have no comment on what happens after that." So how long has the, he been training for this? I mean, it's got to be he's got to be getting after it for for a couple months at least. He said that the moment that he signed the WWE deal, he and you and remember when he was signing when he signed that WWE that new WWE contract before WrestleMania, there were lots of rumors that he was going to sign with UFC. Yes, and he made a big appearance on SportsCenter again. I think SportsCenter to announce that he was staying with WWE, which is a big coup for them at the time. But he said that as soon as he did that, he felt like he had made the wrong decision. So, you know, he's a fighter at heart, and I think that he knew that he could just probably get whatever he wanted, which is true. You know, the weird thing is that it's, I don't know. I mean, like, I understand. I'm I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to spend this whole show, like, arguing in favor of a, of a wrestler's union. I've, I've done that before, but I understand why Brock Lesnar has greater negotiating power and why Vince just was going to roll over and let him do this. Right. Well, he's the biggest draw in the company. There's there's no question. But wouldn't it be better if, if like everybody could do stuff like this? Like, wouldn't it be more interesting if Dolph Ziggler was popping up in like Pop Tarts commercials without asking WWE, and then they would just have to roll with it? I mean, wouldn't that like just kind of bring another level of interest of like intrigue into the? Yeah, promotion? but then the Pop Tart would pop up, and Ziggler would get a concussion, and it would just be. <laughs> there's no terrible. way that he doesn't get a concussion in that commercial. And and what if it's like a bad product? What if it's uh, you know Bray Wyatt advertising like uh, skeet shooting equipment or something? Yeah, well, no, a, I mean, I guess this is cheapening the brand a little bit. Maybe. But yeah, I mean, but that's a, that, that's the point, right? Is that Brock isn't going to give you a quote unquote bad product. He's going no. to he get, theoretically speaking, he's he going to go knocked out down and, in three seconds by Mark Hunt. He got knocked down in three seconds by Frank Mir, right? I mean, no, he got or well, no, he attacked it was, by Frank Mir. Yeah. Right? It was a quick match, but yeah. still, but there was, but he wasn't coming back at that point. Um, I don't know. I mean, okay, so let's let's talk about Brock in the general sense. Like, I I 
I emailed you guys to take a look at Brock's raw debut, which was coincidentally for the hardcore listeners of the show, the episode sequentially after the brand split episode I watched we watched last week. Um, it was a quick appearance. I think it was actually the week before the brand split. No, no, no. Because Brock was drafted the next week onto Raw. Oh, really? Yeah. This oh, guy. it was right there. Does he know? He knows. Yo, dude, knows. I was all up in that network last night. I, get, I did a deep dive. May, don't blame. If it, one of us is certainly wrong, and whoever's wrong, I, I don't think. I think that, you know the blame can go on the network for putting everything weirdly in like reverse order sometimes, and sometimes <laughs> in proper order. Like I don't. Anyway, um, but yeah. So so there was so Brock was you know made a quick appearance in well a throwaway match. I guess I'm a big Al Snow whoa, fan. Yeah. Whoa. Come on, man. <laughs> you were Al Snow can get a good match out of anybody. Even Maven, who he was Correct. fighting that night. Al Snow, Al Snow is, was literally on TNA Wrestling last week trying to get a good match out of some, like, two tag teams. Well, it's, it's like 14 years later. Yeah. But <laughs> Al I know Snow he was can't the, work anymore. I don't, okay, I don't know on. that it matters. He's, like, twice as muscular than he's ever been. He's, he's like, he, he looks like the main eventer he always should have been right now. <laughs> I don't know if he can move. This is but. the hottest take I've heard on this show before. <laughs> Al Snow should have been WWE If you want to get into TNA, man, we could do a whole hour on the Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy feud that is, that is listen, the world would be better off if we just didn't, if I just didn't talk about it. Um, but... Uh, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so Brock Lesnar, so, so Maven and Maven and uh, Al Snow were having a hardcore match. Weirdly, Spike Dudley runs in about one second before Brock Lesnar makes his like supposedly shocking run in, and then Lesnar comes in and just sort of like power bombs the hell out of everybody. What, what is there? Do you see that? I mean, I guess you look at that moment. You can look at the moment where he made his big comeback the Monday night after Raw. Uh, I mean, the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, like his big triumphant return from the UFC. Is it, is, was there any way to tell when he first debuted that he was going to mean this much to the sport? Not at all. Because you didn't know he was going to go to UFC. The only reason why Brock Lesnar became Brock Lesnar is because he became a legitimate athlete. Right, well, he, was he, was, he was legitimate. already a legitimate Well, yeah, but athlete. I mean, he, he went in professional to U.S. Athlete. Professional athlete, UFC, very high-profile job where he beat people up. He was the champion. And so he comes in, and he's booked a certain way. Because, you know, WrestleMania 19, and there are uh, all those, like, attempts to get him over and be the, the guy failed. And I think at the time, I remember when he came in, he, he was super athletic, more athletic than the other guys his size. But... He looked very, with the crew cut and just being jacked out of his mind, he looked a lot like Nathan Jones or a lot of those kind like of talent. Cena and Orton sort of yeah. too, except yeah, yeah, a little exactly. bit more puffed up. I think I, Cena he, was after him, maybe. I think Cena was maybe like later that year and Orton was maybe later that year. Oh, but yeah. he, he looked very much like just some stiff dude who couldn't really do very much. And it was kind of impacted by the fact that like after that, Batista came and a lot of other guys. And at the time, Batista wasn't a very good wrestler. But at the time, like... A lot of these dudes, I just thought it was, okay, well, this is another big, gigantic jack guy with a crew cut that Vince has a super hard on for. He could have been Heidenreich very easily. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I guess it, it, like in an era where the the overwhelming impression you get from like an episode of Raw, like that, that whole episode of Raw was... I mean, there was the Rock who was who had a big role, but that's my it's that that's the weird Rock that's sort of like the Hogan's first first few months in WCW era Rock, where he's like kind of oddly skinny and has a bad haircut. You yeah. know, like he what he was between he was between rocks 
if that makes any sense. But uh, but like so the NWO and all the hardcore stuff, the ECW influence sort of broadly, like there were very like everybody was just kind of wearing slacks or like wearing jeans and t-shirts or whatever, except the people that WWF was like churning out of their developmental system who all just looked like generic like makeup players and video games. And Brock Lesnar was sort of one of those guys prior yeah. to getting a giant sword penis tattooed on his chest like he he was and and he's obviously gigantic but you're right in the sense that he didn't the fact that he was a collegiate standout olympic stand olympic standout or collegiate. just collegiate yeah collegiate standout was sort of beside the point because the wrestling world has seen a million of those and traditionally um you know that's been the realm of of professional athletes who have sort of failed at their sport or kind of or reached the end of the line at their at, at their chosen sport well, what was what was striking about watching it last night and having seen you know however many years of his career afterwards is how how quick he was relative to now he's not quite as quick now i mean that's just part of age he was 25 years old at the time but the guy was he's as strong as he is now except trim and just the fastest guy you've ever seen in your life yeah it looked like they had no trepidation. I mean, they always, you always hear about the old like the uh, like the the um, the bookers or whatever. Like the 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 Arn Anderson's backstage will tell you if you're a big guy, like you know, absolutely never do moves that a small that like a flippy guy will do or whatever because it it just it it makes light. I mean, no pun intended. It belittles your power to be doing like moonsaults off the top. But you could tell that from the moment Brock Lesnar got there, they were like, none of the rules apply. Exactly. Because you know, he was just doing this crazy stuff. Like, even just the way that he carried himself. He was just, like, like cracking his neck, you know, and just, like, jumping around the entire time. Well, they, they booked him as a monster at the beginning. He beats The Rock at SummerSlam, wins the title after, what, six months of yeah. being in the company. And his title reign kind of flopped a little bit after that. And then they turn him babyface. They get rid of Paul Heyman. And then they have him talking and like trying to be like this superhero, and that flopped. And then the Goldberg uh, program happens, and then he's gone. You left pushing Zach Gowan down the stairs oh, out of that timeline. I don't. <laughs> I've been trying to forget that that happened. I just saw Zach Gowan on TV. Is he on American Ninja Warrior this season, or am I crazy? Uh, his name has popped up a lot on the internet and in weird places, and so maybe he is. I just don't watch American Ninja Warrior. Zach Gowan Google alert is off now, so I'll turn it back on. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. It's he's he was he was like this crazy specimen, like you said, Blake. But, and, but yeah, you just never knew. I mean, like it was impossible. Well, I guess it was just impossible to predict. To tie and back around, what, I mean, what's what besides the speed, which was super striking? It was if you watch his facial expressions in the ring as he's waiting to powerbomb Spike Dudley and beat the crap out of Maven or whatever. The guy is a total cartoon. Like he's making all these facial expressions, like kind of, he's like kind of crazy, kind of unhinged. And that's so different from the guy he's become, which is the, I don't give an F. I'm going to be me. I'm here for the money. I'm here to beat people up. I'm here because I'm really, really good at it. Not because I'm necessarily a pro wrestler. I'm a fighter, whatever. That's, crazy how much he's changed you, you should really watch those early kind of 2002 matches and the guy is so much different as he's almost a it's almost like a, watching a caricature of Brock Lesnar yeah so this is the kind of I, I wrote I wrote a little thing who knows if it'll ever actually see print but about like how Ali like you know Muhammad Ali and wrestling and it was a sort of weird thing where 
he adopted the style of a pro wrestler, and the, and then wrestlers at that point kind of had to play. I mean, wrestler uh, Ali bringing like the heel promo into the into the sports world. I guess my argument is that like it sort of just took the wind out of pro wrestling because what then what does wrestling have that you know that's unique to wrestling? You know, it's it's fake fighting, yeah, whatever. But um, I mean, that's sort of like an aside. But there is a, an extent to which Brock sort of took all of the the wind out of the sails of. A certain of that aspect of like the over emotional or over like over emoting pro wrestler because he was acting like doing all these facial expressions doing all these like over flexing and stuff he was doing what they what are what you know wrestling with what people will trainers will tell wrestlers that's how you how you're supposed to act to seem like a legit badass then yeah. Brock Lesnar went and became a legit badass, and he came back and he was like, "No, this is how you act if you're a legit badass, right?" right. I mean, and it's so much more dangerous than these. It's almost like he's on a some kind of a Broadway play where they tell all the actors to yeah. over accentuate all your facial motion and they <clears throat> put makeup on everybody. That's Brock. That's Brock as a Broadway actor, and now except the the play was about fighting, and now he's just actually a fighter. he's just a one man show. Exactly, at this point. it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's and I mean, it's interesting because we're in a world where we have all these Conor McGregor type, Mike Bisping, who just won this weekend. Like, God bless that guy. Crazy. Have been basically doing the heel promo shtick in UFC forever. Brock Lesnar is the wrestler, goes over there and doesn't do it at all, except for like that one time when he talked about Bud Light or whatever and got in trouble. But I mean, he's he. Yeah, you're right. He came back and he just had no need to be a wrestler anymore because he had established what it meant to be the baddest man on the planet, basically. You know. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy that he's doing this fight. Do you, well, let's let's jump to let's do one more question before we jump ahead. But like, if he loses, let's just say he doesn't lose in five seconds. Let's say it's a fairly embarrassing loss to Mark Hunt, who is gonna get built up like the baddest man in the world, even though he is a. Uh, I mean, and he is a very bad man, but he's not. He's not. You know, he's been on the he's been on the periphery of the title of the heavyweight title scene in the UFC a, a few times, but he's not. I mean, no, I don't think he's he's just a you know. He, he's like he, twelve and ten. He's yeah, like a good. He's, he's like a decent fighter. Nicest whatever. way to say it. No one like has him pegged to be a champion at any, at any point. In right. Future. You could probably. I mean, you could. You could. You would probably lose to him. If twelve, you ten, him. and one with all of his losses coming via stoppage. Yeah. So all of the. I mean, right. So I mean, Hunt is. Uh, there is a way that he could be the UFC heavyweight champion because there have been a lot of kooky heavyweight of all the divisions in the UFC that has the most ebb and flow of talent, sort of. But like. Um, let's just say that Brock, Le- let's just say that Brock Lesnar loses to a guy who, you know, is not the top guy in the division, but it's been fighting for the last five, six years yeah. consistently, but then has to, then he shows up at SummerSlam a month later. What, how does, does that hurt Brock Lesnar's wrestling legacy? I think it has to, I think, uh, because they built him up to be unstoppable. He's only but lost. They started to- from a point where he hadn't where he had lost i mean he got he basically just got run out of the ufc and then shows up at the raw after wrestlemania and is the it's the biggest moment in that i mean it's that's that's just one of the biggest moments in my wrestling lifetime but if he loses and it's embarrassing if he loses in like five minutes then i think you lose a little bit of that heat that you've built up of him being unstoppable because the whole point of creating this brock lesnar character in wwe is to have someone who if he loses it's the most meaningful thing in the entire. And that's world. the mythology. I mean, they, right. they've built this mythology of him, and to have you can't just you can't build upon that and have him wear the gloves out to the ring and the shorts and the Jimmy Johns on his ass and all that stuff. You can't have him come out there and build on that and then press pause and just say, "Hey, he's actually gonna he's gonna fight for real now." But if he gets his ass kicked in two seconds, don't worry about it. That's 
you, you can't ignore it. It's right. so, too real. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds. I, by the way, I was just playing devil's advocate. I think you're totally right, Dave. Like, I think that he's, I think that a loss would be a bad thing. I'm sure they've, they've thought it through and they have a way to deal with it. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds of the contract situation, although he seemed to say that he just went, went into Vince's office or called Vince and said, hey, I'm going to do this. Like, let me do this. And Vince, you know, they had a big boy talk. I think that was the quote. And it happened. A lot of people were speculating that this is sort of some sort of uh, there's a trade and that where Rousey will get to do WrestleMania. I don't know. I mean, listen, if Brock Lesnar had said, like, you know, I want to eat your grandchild during the last contract <laughs> negotiation, I think I think Vince might have said yes. Like that was as powerful a negotiating position as anyone has ever been in with Vince McMahon. It just it doesn't so it didn't surprise me. Every I mean I don't I don't think there necessarily needs to be quid pro quo. I think he probably, you know, is in the position of being able even now he can just say I'm going even if it's not in the contract, I'm going to do this and Vince tries to make the most of it. That said, whether or not Rousey comes over uh whether or not the greatest the greatest fantasy booking tweet that I got during this whole thing was a dude said, we just imagined like during the draft lottery, if Shane walked out on stage and was just like, uh, before the next pick, I need to announce a trade with the ultimate <laughs> fighting championship and then CM Punk's music hits and everybody just goes bananas. Uh, none of that's going to happen. That said, if he loses, I think Mark Hunt is available for, to WWE. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's so it's like Tank Abbott the, though. So we can get that guy. Oh. Is Tank Abbott? Oh, by the way, rest in peace, Kembo Slice. It's yeah. like, like oh, sort of man. relates to this conversation. And, he, and he's the sort of guy I said when you were walking in that in another world could have been a champion, a professional wrestling champion. I mean, it wouldn't have been a great situation for fans or anyone. But like, man, I mean, when Tank Abbott and Dan Severn and all those guys were getting pushed in WCW, like that was man, Kimbo Slice could have been. Could have been on straight top. off yeah. an internet video right near your ring. <laughs> you could have been a television champion or their hardcore champion or something for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I think that Mark Hunt, of all of the people they're putting him up against, is a guy who could just be like, opt out. I'm going to opt out of the U of professional fighting and just go do the WWE stuff for a while. I, I have a question for both you guys. So more than anything, though, this is just it's it costs something because you're the cost is you're allowing Brock Lesnar to perhaps get seriously actually injured oh yeah but isn't this just the best plug for SummerSlam ever yeah a hundred percent this is just the mo the best most inventive marketing campaign that you could ever i don't possibly know imagine. i mean listen the if it's i think it's silly when people i mean this the silly thing about talking about like ronda rousey is part of the trade it, that all might be true but if i'm vince mcmahon and there were negotiations i don't think they're probably i don't think he and dana got on the phone but maybe but if he and dana really got on the phone and they were legitimately negotiating some sort of talent swap for this i think that you're also in the realm of the conversation where you can say uh i will let brock lesnar do this if mark hunt takes a dive you know i mean like <laughs> i would not be talking this was a work yeah i mean i'm just like it's not if we're talking about talent swaps between people who legitimately hate each other you know it's like anything's on the table yeah and it doesn't hurt ufc i mean as long as it doesn't look crazy you right. know like anyway i think it depends maybe it's too, i'm too i'm too in the weeds of pro wrestling <laughs> obviously that would hurt ufc but you know they can also like Suspend their best reporter and restore his credentials the next day, and it's and that's all going to be fine. I think SummerSlam depends on who they book him against. Who is the guy who's working the program after USC? Speaking of which, can you talk to me? Can you tell the people about the text that you sent me last night of what was happening to you on the internet? Oh, yeah. So I didn't even tweet anything about Errol Hawani, who obviously I know I've done a podcast with, and I, uh, hopefully I'll have you know a chance to talk to them about it soon, but... I didn't tweet anything about that or write anything about that. Uh, 
deliberately you know i just don't i did like i had i i wanted to give myself a little bit of breath and maybe i would write something about it but i didn't just want to go off half cocked on twitter of all places so i hadn't said anything and then and then last night i was checking twitter after raw was over because i was writing during that whole thing during the whole show and disco inferno <laughs> of all people had tweeted me asking my opinion about the ariel hawani thing and saying it was just like if the guy who was leaking WWE results onto Reddit. If he, if WWE had found out who he was, we, you know, what should they do? And he asked me as if it was the same thing as Ariel Hawani, who's like just a who's a reporter getting thrown out. Like it's not, it's 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 crazy. So you're neither a reporter nor a personal friend of Disco Inferno. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not getting paid by WWE, and Ariel at this point isn't getting paid by UFC. Although there there is a sort of correlation. I don't know that there's any there's any like pretty way to defend the situation to to like there's no there's no idealist way to look at this i think you're bearing the lead which is disco inferno <laughs> yeah. is tweeting at you personally <laughs> disco inferno i had no i've never tweeted this guy before and he's and he's tweeting at me that's a pretty big moment for me yeah that's huge but man. now people are going to accuse me of being of being in the you know being like in the bag for disco inferno and like vis-a-vis disco inferno i mean disco inferno now i'm like i'm basically like on the payroll of wwe and i'm just as corrupt as anybody else right, just because you have that disco inferno tattoo on your shoulder doesn't yeah, mean that exactly. you're, you're I'm not gonna like at some point boy. tweet some breaking wwe news and they're gonna ban me from every event from then on and people are gonna be like see you shouldn't have been tweeting with disco inferno I don't I think know that's that a good things. that's a good piece of advice for everyone, guys. Disco be. Inferno obviously is a little unhinged right now if he's coming at you like that. Oh, he's no, definitely going to tweet has you some hot takes. Maybe he just knows. Maybe he just you know reads my Twitter timeline and thinks that like it's worth tweeting at me. I, don't I know. barely read your Twitter timeline. Yeah, I don't too. know why Disco Inferno's. Yeah, you, yeah, that's weird. You spent more time with Disco Inferno this week than than I have. But we can go into that story <laughs> a totally different time. It's fine. We can talk. We're giving about him a lot of run on this. Yeah, I don't want to. Maybe we should go. Maybe we should go. Um, all right. Let's move on to Monday Night Raw really briefly. I don't know that there was anything, any one like storyline wise thing that really stood out, but I think it's safe to say this was the like weirdest episode of Raw in some time. This was sort of like Raw's answer to weird Twitter. Like I, there is so many strange things happening in every segment. It was re- it was almost like they, well, you guys just jump in. It was almost like they like. They made a really hard choice. Like they just said, like let's let this really, like this really goofy intern run the show tonight or something. Like because it was there was a lot of oddness. Was were Seth and Roman unavailable? Is there some secret European tour that I don't know about? That's think, a really good question. I think the video package was very successful in pushing that angle. Yeah, way more successful than last week's angle, which was. Seth Rollins running toward the ring and running back and I being think, a coward. I which think is that not... they. I think you're absolutely right. I, I watch those things, and those are two of the best best video packages they've done in a long time. And I think that this ties back to Brock. I think that the. I think that the lesson learned that that you know WWE can learn, if anything, from Lesnar, is that it's it's powerful to have a champion who's not there every week. It yeah. makes the belt seem like it's worth more than having a dude who's just like getting in random, like title matches or even non-title matches that last four minutes every week you yeah, know that bring some prestige and and a certain aura of significance to, to 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 the main event feud yeah there's no value in dragging him out and having him wrestle um 
Dolph Ziggler or Bray Wyatt every week or whoever it is that's sort of an undercard figure that he, you know he's going to win. There's not going to be a title change on Raw. What's, the point, in, what's the point in beating one of those guys on TV when it is how much is that forwarding the story as opposed to these video packages, yeah. which does essentially the same thing, right? And he's not cutting promos and at all, really, so... Yeah, no chance for him to get booed. Yep. And then the, but then the other thing is that, like, in the context of Raw, that we, the Raw that we saw last night, uh, <laughs> like, they would have looked so... It would, it would have, like, inherently demeaned them. I loved Raw in a lot of ways. As, like, a sort of, like, postmodern writer and, and viewer of Raw, that was, like... I, it was just incredibly entertaining, but yeah, I mean, it was they they made the right call in like segmenting that off from the main event, you yeah. know, for of the of of uh, Money in the Bank because, man, it was just strange. So let's start let's start at the top. No pun intended. All all six dudes from the ladder match are standing on ladders as the show opens, basically, and they have a conversation. Like, what was the like what? When when <laughs> what, what's, what's going when on? all the the dudes or women who are in an angle together are are fighting at a pay per view, uh, they should beat each other up. There's no reason why they would just not immediately start <laughs> well, swinging. I will defend that. I mean, I, th- I go back and forth. I go back and forth in this. It's a little bit situational. Like UFC fighters can be in the same room and not necessarily want to beat each other up. If they really don't like each other, they try to punch each other or they you get close. But like. There's not the logic of like agreeing to standing on a ladder is what is what seems more bizarre to me. Was it more bizarre for the show to open with one guy walking down the ramp and five dudes just perched <laughs> up on the elevator waiting for him to come? One so, of which was wearing a scarf. I was ten is minutes that, late. I'm Jer- sorry. I'm on my way. Yeah, I go back and forth on Jericho a lot, but the uh, but he his outfit like briefs and a scarf is like the most heelish outfit in the history of mankind. He is, and being oh. the only guy wearing. Who insists on wearing the wrestling out? You know, just the briefs when everybody else is in clothes. Um, just the so strange and, and the dad bod too. He's oh just, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean he's dad got bod, dad bod and crushing the heel game. <laughs> yeah, he's he's doing a really really good job. Does his does his scarf thing mean that Alberto Del Rio can't wear a scarf anymore? Because I feel like he hasn't worn a scarf since Jericho came back. Well. But if you don't have a limo, you can't wear a scarf. That's true. That's I think, the, and I, and also when he came back, I mean, I, th- I think the scarf is a little bit indicative of like the the like the the Mexican millionaire angle, which is not necessarily what he's with the same gimmick that he's pulling right now that he's working right now. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a strange. It, it was. I mean, it was definitely just a weird look for everybody just to be talking. I mean, Kevin Owens, God bless him, did his both to hold that best. Did his best to hold that segment together, but like he looked more uncomfortable than anybody up there, despite being, you know, having some expertise. Uh, Can we talk about Teddy Long for a second? Because I don't know why he was on the show. It, he didn't serve any plot purpose. Was it just to promote SmackDown? I think it was just to promote SmackDown. That's the only thing I can think. And it and it was. I, I mean, I thought it was great. Like the uh, the <laughs> number the number of in jokes. I think once I think once every couple of months you can have just an in joke filled raw. Teddy Teddy Long is like when I when we're if the three of us were hanging out at a bar instead of hanging out on sofas uh, recording a podcast at nine in the morning, 
we would make a Teddy Long joke at some point talking about the brand split, right? Yeah, this absolutely. is WWE just acknowledging that they're like you know that they're like hip dads or whatever. Like you know, I mean, it's I th- I thought it was I thought it was really funny. I think the fact that me and Dave so quickly said absolutely to your <laughs> Teddy Long reference, <laughs> like, is, we have made those jokes just today. Oh God, that's yes. super telling of how but nerdy it's this just, is. It's it's two weeks before Money in the Bank, and they're doing this thing where the angle is. Teddy Long is trying to get a job because he's potentially homeless? I mean, why was he trying to book matches? Yeah, the weird thing is that all whenever someone like Teddy Long leaves, like there's always just vague rumors of a, like the split was a little bit acrimonious or whatever, and then everybody always just will come back for a one-off guest spot, like no trouble at all. I don't want Getty, I don't mean Getty, I don't, I don't want Teddy Long to be a regular fixture playing this kind of weird cartoon role on SmackDown when it happens. But I thought for just an episode of Raw to sort of like hype the idea of the brand split, that's fine. Let me let me fantasy book the territory very quickly and say that if Teddy Long did come back, he'd have to come back as the manager for Golden Truth. Oh, wow. That would blow up that angle. I'm telling you. Well, I was watching a Teddy Long promo when he was managing the skyscrapers last week. Ooh. And... Um, it was just really bizarre. Like, it was like, I love Teddy Long to death, but I remember not quite getting him at the time and watching it in retrospect. I was like, I don't know. Like, I guarantee that, like, Dangerous Dan Spivey can talk better than Teddy Long. Like, what is the. <laughs> he doesn't do anything except. I guess the only thing that he does is show you the scale of these two guys, right? You right. put a tiny dude in front of two tall dudes, and it's just like, oh, that's how big they are. Harvey Whippleman was kind of like that. I think just a weird little tiny fella. That yeah. looked strange next to Bertha Fay or something. This is a kind of a Teddy Long non sequitur, which is a ridiculous statement. But does he still look weird to you guys as a skinny dude? Who? Teddy Long. He's like one of those guys that he looks was, more yeah. normal to me as a fat guy. I know oh, it's been yeah. like I know it's been like He's fifteen like years. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah it freaks me out. And I don't like it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. No, no. It's he's he's a. I mean, he was never that fat, right? He was just like less. He was a he's chubby, big. rough. He's big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I I, th- I I liked Teddy. I liked. Uh, what were the other weird things that happened on Raw? There Charlotte were... apologized for insulting her father. Was that segment just like un- was that just retconning the week before? Basically, I mean, not retconning because they well, she still it, wanted like... to have Christmas dinner with him. But, but was the point of that the beginning of that segment just to, because they had gotten a lot of like they had gotten they a lot of shit heat, for yeah. the way they did it the way that before? It must have been. But isn't that the point? To get her heat? Yeah. Even if it's legitimate? I think legit heat is the only heat that exists anymore. I mean, I Absolutely. think the only way, yeah. Um, maybe the only way that Brock Lesnar could become a better heel is to lose to Mark Hunt in five seconds. Like the, It's like only <laughs> legit heat is the only way to go. Um, so that, yeah, that was very weird and certainly like meta. There was the Cena versus the club thing for where one, the club said get out the shovels at some point, right? Yeah. And then... I referenced Cena burying them, and Cena referred to them as the Bullet Club. Or so I saw online that he said Bullet Club, but like actually, okay. like was like there was a lot. So of it was just... a double entendre, Bullet Club, right? Yeah. Oh boy, Doctor I did think that that was one of the uh, the most oddly uh, effective promos that I've heard from Cena in a long time. Oh, I think sure. I think serious Cena without the without well, except for the maybe the joke at the end about burying or whatever, but. Uh, that Cena is just so much more effective, and I know you can't overuse it that much, but it's the way that he is able to sell a storyline, it's really, really underrated. I mean, the guy is, is still tremendous at promos, and I think 
we overlook that a lot. Yeah, he just has to be in the right situation. And you know, the big thing is, <clears throat> I think that he's got one promo per feud in him. Yeah. But and then by the time we get to like the week two and week three big promos, then he's just like he just gets silly or like it's all dick jokes or it's weirdly like just like misogynistic. Like you know, he just like go he he like his his like second gear isn't is never an ideal spot. But his first, but like when he when he hits that one perfect promo in every in every feud, it's just amazing. Well, I think it it goes back to your point about keeping the big stars off of TV for a while, is if you have Cena coming out every week and cutting a promo in the ring, of course he's going to get bored and he's going to start to tell jokes or he's going to be flippant uh, with the crowd. Uh, you have to say, okay, Cena, you're going you're gonna to have your one big moment in the ring and then we're going to do some other stuff. We're going to do some backstage stuff. We'll do some vignettes and yeah. keep you from getting exhausted. Yeah. Um, well, was there anything? I mean, the other my, the other weird notes that I have. One, congratulations to Sam. Talking about skinny guys, congratulations to Sami Zayn for being where he's being, and and more importantly, being where he is, and more importantly for finally getting a black T-shirt, which I think is the real signal that you've reached the upper echelon at WWE. They're no longer marketing this weird like military green shirt that you know. I'm sure somebody's excitedly wearing, but never would be me. <laughs> but it is still a caricature of him in a windbreaker and a and a page boy hat. It's right? enough of a caricature that I'm okay with okay, it. I agree fine. with you though. He's, yeah. he's in a better spot than Del Rio, who's still wearing his League of Nations shirt from WrestleMania. <laughs> I have two special guests sitting here in this room right now, so I thought, what better a way to waste yours and everybody else's time than to make you guys draft for separate shows? Now interesting thing from raw was steph trying really really hard to put over smackdown as the better show which i think we're going to be seeing a lot of in the coming weeks um that's what you know they have to do like when they did the first brand split they vince was smackdown and and uh rick flair was holding down the fort on raw but you know vince and and the rock like went to smackdown like this is I, how they like launched the show i do have a stat for you oh that's um, good so greg can suck it uh march 18th 2002 that's that's Brock's first appearance, and then March 25th, 2002, a week later. Right, that's, you were uh, right. That's why it was so surreal, because I thought I was watching the next episode, and in fact, I was watching the previous episode. Yeah. They did refer to Brock before. I'm, no, I'm backtracking now, but um, they referred to Brock as the biggest free agent in sports entertainment, which I love. It, it, it's, it's appropriate to talk about now as we go into the, this brand split discussion, because, uh, because it's WWE eschews so much of the reality quote-unquote reality of the sports world but they do love to talk about free agency as if this is a thing you know mvp was the free agent uh aj styles who when he just came back was the hottest free agent in uh in pro wrestling the it's it's nuts and i've long been making the case that they needed to do a brand split specifically for the reason of integrating the full like like you know trade rumors all that kind of stuff which is the reason why people pay attention to sports like, we need WWE's version of Hoops Hype. You know, we need Woj for WWE. <laughs> we need to, like, find ways to get us, get ourselves, like, excited about the backstage minutia. But I think according to Disco Inferno, you are the Woj of the WWE. <laughs> yeah, he's misinformed about that. It's but a I'm shoe happy, bomb. I'm no, happy to take bomb. on that mantle. I'm happy to take on that mantle if it means that wrestling gets more interesting on, like, a day-in, day-out basis. And, for the record, more wrestling programming is not the correct answer. Hashtag shoe bomb, kids. Um, all right. So, listen. Um, I, I don't really know. if do, do you, I'll let Dave go first. Do you, would you prefer to be Raw or SmackDown, Dave? Uh, I think SmackDown is more of a challenge. So, you're going to go SmackDown. Yes. So, we're actually going to do a draft. 
a five person draft or five people each. Yeah. If you sure. guys have the same people, then we're just this whole thing's gonna break down. I think we should also say that tag teams should not be split up personally. I think that's what they're gonna do. You think they should that? not be split up? We should not split up. So, okay, teams. so you can pick a tag team as one person. Are we person. picking tag teams? I did not prepare for this on my big oh, board, Oh, no. It's okay. It's okay. If you don't need, you don't need tag teams to yeah, start I'm a new not, show. I have no tag teams all, either. Oh, okay. Then, I just okay. wanted to lay this the ground. Unnecessary, unnecessary rule clarification. We're only doing singles wrestlers, and we're just going to go through it. We're going to run through a top ten, because I'm very interested to see. I've done... I've done zero research on the subject and i want to see where it comes out for you guys and make fun of you for uh making decisions that i'm not forcing myself to make so good because i've done entirely too much research all right yeah i think i know the number one pick in the 2016 wwe raw smackdown draft dave schilling general manager of smackdown selects roman reigns oh wow that's a really bold move i know and let me give you some rationale for this so I see SmackDown hopefully uh, being the younger brand, where you've got Cena and you've got uh, Orton and Triple H on Raw. SmackDown should be built around these sort of young guys, and I think Roman Reigns can work the the styles uh, that Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, uh, Kevin Owens can work, and that's sort of where I see SmackDown going, and Roman can work both sides of the coin, too. He can be a heel, he can be a babyface, he can do anything. I really expected Roman Reigns to be that guy sitting there like with the eighth pick, and you guys staring at each other trying to figure out who was going to take him. Just but, sad Nerlens Noel sitting yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. That's or the it. guy Roman- <laughs> with the gravity bong on his face. Or the... the um, the gas uh, mask Laramie from the Tunsil. NFL. Yeah, exactly. that's a, yeah, that's exact. But like Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns is a to- is both a totally legitimate number one pick and totally legitimate not on, not on anyone's draft board. Absolutely, like that, he he is not. He did not get caught with like a with a gas mask bong. But like for some reason, that's his reputation. Um, that was a very ballsy pick for number one, and I like your idea about the difference between Raw and SmackDown. Unfortunately. Uh, my buddy Blake here is not tethered by the rules that you laid out. Yeah, Blake. With the first pick of the Raw brand. It's obviously Seth Rollins. Yeah, okay. Are you crazy? He does all the things that you said except better okay. uh, and, uh, and more effectively. He can play both sides of the... He can play absolutely both sides of the coin, uh, heel or face. My only, my only thing is, is he just had that devastating knee injury. Roman, doesn't, has, Roman had a sports hernia, I think. And yeah. so that's really the only concern I have. And he is, had the, the, no, he had this, like, the sleep apnea nose job right, or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. He was, his wife was pissed because he was snoring a lot, so he had to get a... He had to get it fixed or whatever. If you turn him heel, he's the biggest heel since uh, Roman Reigns. Triple H, absolutely. Oh yeah, I think that's true. I think biggest heel since Rock. Yeah, he has a bright future. Don't get me don't get me wrong. I think that the hate is over. I mean, but I I just I don't think that he should have. I I think that he should have been in the top three or four. I mean, can he play realistically though? Can he play heel? Like if he starts doing, he's playing heel right now. Well, I know, but but he's playing heel heel almost. Not inadvertently, but playing heel because he's a face. If he actually tries to be a heel, there's no proof that he can it's actually do that. It's a simple adjustment. It's a really simple adjustment. He's already very arrogant in the way that he uh, interacts with the crowd. He's already kind of working heel in his matches and that he's doing a lot of the, the grunt work. Well, he's I guess doing what, like reverse psychology right now. I like guess what's exci- what's exciting me. Yeah, no, but I think that might be what a heel is right now. I mean, the, I don't know if you can be a straight up heel on the, in the main event. Without being, you know, Umaga. Even Kevin Owens gets a big pop when he comes out. Yeah. Like a, a baby face pop. Yeah. I think that's just inevitable in this day and age. 
I think the most exciting thing to me about these first two picks, though, is that now we know we really know that the Money in the Bank main event match is not just for the WWE Championship, but for who really deserves to be the first pick in the draft. Uh, <laughs> all right, Dave, who's your number two pick? Okay, with the number two pick in the 2016. Uh, what are we calling this? The Ross Smackdown. <laughs> Ross Smackdown mock re- draft. Yeah. Yeah. Kill the momentum, I Dave. just wanted to make sure I got the nomenclature correct. It's okay, never going to get correct. I'll move on. The second pick is Sasha Banks, guys. Oh, wow. Sasha Banks, the legit boss. That is real. Again, again, a very, a very strong, very bold pick. I think that so I have said in print... I mean, I've been on the record. Sasha Banks is the closest, has the, is the only person on the roster that has the upside of The Rock right now, and who, and she may never get there. But there's a lot of potential, and it's, and that's, that's important. They are booking her terribly, or not booking her at all. Uh, no. I don't understand that. I think it's a complete waste of resources and talent, and you can build the women's division around Sasha Banks very effectively. So I think she's a cornerstone of SmackDown for me. She's the she's the next big thing. That's a great pick. Thank you. Damn it. Um Blake, do you have uh do you have a number two pick prepared? Yeah, but it's not as good as that. I'm sorry I'm color I'm color cording my my big board i've red and blue you really have are you like running like a trello board over there to figure out who your draft pick no is? it's through my zanga I, site i did so. this on the toilet so i don't understand why this is all taking you know so I for, i'm sorry i have a note here i forgot to mention the last round seth rollins at a house show joined the club this weekend did you guys see that news what? no oh, really? yeah they were like the fan photos of him doing the wolfpack kiss like you know the little like wolfpack whatever that is with uh with aj styles i think that they're just they're not only are they have they imported the gimmick of the club wholesale from New Japan, but they're also just doing the thing where like every heel joins just to like reinforce their heelness. I don't think that he's actually going to join in real life, but I think that like it's a great little thing to run at a house show to make people just to make us talk about it on podcasts. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Anyway, Blake, your number two pick. My number Raw. two pick will be John Cena. Wow. Yeah. Great choice. It's hard it's hard to disagree with that. I mean, it's for the, all the reasons I said Roman Reigns was was a little bit sketchy. It's I think John Cena you can you can you can say the same things, although John I'm, Cena's a super duper star and I think right now, I mean, once you get to the fourth pick in the draft, you're right. You, you got to I mean, you couldn't gonna, say anything bad about anybody that's headlined really. I'm going to just steal what you said the other day, which is if you start an NBA team now, you you know, you might want to take Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or like the Kevin Durant's or the Russell Westbrooks of the world or the Steph Curry's, but if you see if you see LeBron James on the board, which is John Cena for all intents and purposes sure. of, of this draft, you take LeBron James. He might be a little bit older. You might be worried about him breaking down. Yeah, but but. I think there's a strong argument that if you're starting an NBA team from scratch and you know with 100% certainty that LeBron's going to retire in three years, you still take LeBron number one. Absolutely. I don't think that you do it, but like I think that you may, like you sit around thinking about that for days. You know, Especially it's, in a wrestling context, John Cena has so much heat that he can transfer over to anybody that you draft that's a younger guy. Sure. Like if he lays down for Seth Rollins, it's, it's meaningful. If he lays down for... Kofi Kingston if Listen, you pick him. I've been saying forever the most important thing about John Cena is that he makes the wrestlers we care about matter. And you can see that he's really embraced that. Like his feud with AJ and the club right now is so much more interesting because he's he it's not just that he's allowing them to get in the ring with him and and you know get some rub, but it's like totally legitimate. Like they're they're he he like he's invested himself in this feud in a way that he maybe hasn't hundred percent always in the past. Anyway, I I think that John Cena is uh, an impeccable pick. 
Um, at number four, anyway. Dave, who you got at number five? Okay. Uh, my next pick is Kevin Owens. Wow. Blake is Blake is reacting really strongly. Because I'm just cherry-picking all the he's best fucking talent. up my board, Dave. That's it. This he is what's going to happen. spreadsheet over here. I, think we I all, do have a spreadsheet. This is insane. You're ruining we, all, we all know you got, you got to be one step ahead, Blake, which is hard when you're picking second. I know. but right. the uh, You're the Eric Bischoff of this mock It's okay. Draft, you're going to get sure. better ratings. You're wrong. <laughs> That's right. true. This, uh, this is inherently, this is chicanery. Well, and I never have to go against Monday Night Football, though. Um Let's like. Is there an argument for Kevin Owens? Is is where would you would you have picked Kevin Owens as pick Blake? Yes, he was number four right. on the board. I think he's the best worker in the company right now on a consistent basis. He cuts the best promos, and uh, I just think that he can do anything. He can do it all. Yeah. No, I don't think I don't think you even have to make the case for Kevin Owens. But uh, we let's uh, let's keep moving ahead because i mean i i'm wondering i guess my question is how if kevin owens could have gone higher could kevin kevin owens he could have been a number one pick he could have been a number one or definitely a number two blake who do you maybe maybe you should have looked at him a little bit higher blake who do I, you i did you know i did i had their ages here and kevin owens is 32 roman is 31 set this i'm seriously prepared for this shit this uh, is crazy uh is, they're, they're all around the shane, same age shane McMahon, if shane mcmahon if you want to get in touch with me because if you have a real numbers cruncher sitting next to you at the draft if I'm you need for your, hire. If you need your do Amori, then we have we, we can. My buddy Blake is available. <laughs> Pro wrestling analytics is going to yeah, be a I'm, thing very soon. I can be better than Jalen from day one. The uh, okay, better Blake. than Kuiper. Yeah. Okay, Blake. Who you got? All right. So this is uh, with the number with what number third round pick, number six pick. Yeah. Uh, despite scheduling, despite appearances, oh, wow. I'm going to take Brock Lesnar. Wow. Great. This is you. You're you're actually you are drafting Raw the way that Schilling wanted you to draft Raw. He's basically. doing it perfectly. Yeah. yeah. So because I've got all the like hot young talent, and you've got Brock and Cena. It's perfect. And this is really incredible. But when you, I mean, even for you know, if it wasn't for 15 appearances a year, or 20 appearances a year, or whatever. There, I mean, there's no question Brock would be number one, right? If he was doing 52 weeks of TV a oh, year. Oh yeah, no question at all. Yeah. So is your next question is whether or not Kurt Angle is available for the draft? Because <laughs> I think this is the show that you're working is he a on. Free right? agent? Yeah. I'm doing it. Um. All right, Dave. Let's skip. Let, let's run through the rest of these. Do you have more people on your board? I have two more because you said to prepare five. Oh yeah. Well, I so, guess I guess that's my fault. Sammy Zayn because I cannot separate Sammy and Kevin Owens. They All have right. to be able to work together. And with my final pick, I select Disco Inferno. <laughs> no, I'm picking the Miz. I'm picking the Miz because the Miz? wow. One of the best heels, not the best heel. I love the Miz. The I love heels. the Miz. I think maybe you could have picked him up as an undrafted free agent. Blake, who do you, who are your last two? Are you kidding me? The Miz is great. I guess my last two, and I get Maurice too. I had well, oh, that's a pretty good one. My last two, I had uh, I had AJ Styles. I mean, who guy could, can work? I'm he could have been a number one. pick. He could have been number one pick. I should have taken AJ Styles, uh, not the and Miz. then uh, and then the last guy in my draft board, or the next guy in my draft board, was uh, was Finn Balor. Yeah. Finn Balor at uh for the last pick. I mean, he's largely, I guess, unproven, literally unproven. But he's great. Uh, That's a does the guy upside. not look like a star? Does the guy not? Oh, look... I think I think after Sasha Banks. I mean, he's. I think he's the. I, I said I compared Sasha Banks to The Rock, and obviously that's a little bit of hyperbole. But I think Finn's the only. I think Finn's got the most upside coming out of developmental since Cena. I mean, sure. I, think, I mean, and and he has he probably has a little bit of like it's like a steeper like whatever like the arc is not going to be as straight a line for him as Cena, but I think that he's got that kind of upside. The there's something about his character that feels modern, whereas you Very think about so. a lot of like the Roman Reigns of the world kind of feel like uh, 
retreads of characters you've seen before, and Finn, ba- Finn Balor feels like that's what, exactly a millennial professional wrestling. Character. Exactly what I was going to say is that he doesn't doesn't feel like Rock. He doesn't feel like Austin. He doesn't feel like Cena. He feels like maybe how Roman Reigns should have been. Yeah. It's kind of a more modern face of the company, so He's, to speak. You think? I mean, would you put Punk and Brian in the in the in the category of modern Absolutely. wrestlers? Yes. Yeah. yes. All right. So. We got to get out of here. We've 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 used up all of our of all of our time. But there's a couple of things I want to touch on. One, shame on both of you for not drafting Darren Young because he's. <laughs> oh, I think man. I saw Darren Young running as I drove here today. Oddly was enough, was he being made great again? Was he was? I mean, was Bob Backlund. But Bob Backlund told him to, on a bicycle to walk. Next yeah, to him. yesterday. Keep so. moving. But if we're talking about one last news, by I want to get out there, and I, I didn't ask you guys to even prepare for this. I, I totally forgot about it until this conversation came up. But WWE just signed Tommy End, who is a professional wrestler from the Netherlands, who is the best wrestler. Just the best wrestler. He is like if CM Punk uh, and Daniel Bryan and like Davey Richards had like a okay. three-way child. He's incredible. He's like if you he actually wrestled a uh a, a, a semi-famous indie match in Europe against against Brian Danielson back in the day that was like uh, like strong style rules where they were just like kicking each other really hard and then like recoiling like crazy from the kicks. Um, it was an in- that from that guy you would never thought he's going to be the next big thing or whatever. But he, I think he got a bunch more tattoos and grew his hair and beard out. And now he is like he does a lot of like the kicky stompy stuff that the indie guys do, but it's really legit the way he does it. And I think that. I think if talk about upside, like who knows? He this guy could this guy could really be. So a he's thing. like five six or five seven or something like that. No, 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 no. He's he could be like six feet tall. Okay, is he, he going? Is he going to NXT or is he going straight? He's to going Rising? to NXT for sure. He's got a little. He's got a ways to go. Like he wrestled Hero not that long ago and didn't look significantly smaller than Chris Hero. Okay, that so, still means that he's not huge. Oh, in real life, yes. Uh, yeah, my guess is he's probably five ten or something. But like he's he's big enough in this day and age. Yeah, you don't have to. He's be bigger. A giant. He's bigger than Finn Balor, who you had on your draft board. That's, That's one true. of the reasons why I thought not to pick him is because of his his height issue, and because <laughs> height issue. Right, calm just, down, Vince. It's yeah. not a height issue. Well, I mean, I don't know him. Some against, of us aren't born like you. I all right. Some fine. of us are born small. Finn Balor, if you're listening to this, I apologize. You're just tall enough. Just wow, tall enough. tall enough. Anyway, everybody Jesus. go watch Tommy and videos on YouTube. There are like three of them, but it's totally worth checking out. He's done some cool stuff for for American Indies. Like he's he's been around a lot, but also just like the compilation packages. I want to know who these guys are that are do like the ten best moves of every indie wrestler on YouTube. I mean, that's a lot of work. Those for are very, the, those are the heroes of this country. Those are the true heroes, at least of the wrestling, at least of the the internet wrestling community. Um, so anyway, appreciate you guys coming by. I think that you're both you both have real futures as a professional wrestling television show GM. Um, it's a hard climb up the ladder past all the other you know guys who watch video and 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 sweep the floors. But I, I really I, I wish you guys all the best. Um, pick, do, give me since you guys probably won't be around. Give me your picks for Brock Lesnar versus Mark Hunt, and let's get out of here. Mark Hunt's winning. I think Mark Hunt is absolutely winning. Yeah. I'm going to take Brock Lesnar just because it's more fun to cheer for my heroes. Oh, that's cool, man. That's I hope everybody at home listening to this is cheering Aww. for your heroes. <laughs> I can't even say it right. <laughs> Keep cheering for your heroes, humanoids. Humanoids. <laughs>